All right. We praise the Lord for this wonderful day he's given us. Can we say happy Sabbath? Happy Sabbath. Can we be excited about what God is and what he's doing? Amen. And I'm going to hit that button. There it is. That's even better. All right. Well, what we want to do is understand a little bit more about the way that God would have us to walk. And we want to, those who are joining us on uh, social media, we want to say good afternoon to you. And those who are joining us via the conference line, we say praise the Lord to you as well. So let's go, all of us from every corner of the world, join together in a word of prayer so we may ask the Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. Our Father and our God, again, in the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, we come, Lord, to your throne of grace and mercy, looking for your spirit to instruct us in righteousness. Bless us with its presence today. And, Lord, we ask the blessing upon those who are serving you all over this world. We ask that your spirit would be them, with them as well. May your people understand the words that are coming out of your ministry's, minister's mouth. Give them power. Give them your spirit so they may hear and obey. And, Father, please forgive us for the sins we've committed against you. You've been so kind to us. So our sins are most grievous, Lord, but we ask that you wipe the slate clean once again, Lord. The vilest offender, Lord, will receive that blessing from God, that blessing that says pardon. Thank you again for that promise. And in the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Once again, happy Sabbath. We praise the Lord this morning, don't we? And if you don't, you will before you leave here. Because we got a job to do, and that job is to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. And as we serve the Lord, we will benefit greatly. You know that? You know that serving God is a good idea? He has so much to give us. He has so much to teach us. He has so much deliverance to preach to us. And remember last week when we were together, uh, we talked about God's resolutions and how uh, we went to the third uh, John, and we talked about, uh, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. And we found out that all the prosperity, whether they be material or, uh, uh, you know, family or whatever it is, all and our health were all tied to the prosperity of the soul. Right. Amen? And so what we, he, he woke us up this morning. As a matter of fact, it was quite interesting because we, 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 we got in the bed at about 1230 and we saw five o'clock. <laughs> That's because he said, here is something else we need to talk about. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe I'm, I'm a little denser than most, but it took a while because I would hear and I would contemplate. And I said, okay, Lord, I see that. Then he said, okay, add this. Yeah, okay. And so what we're looking at today is he said, I need us to understand that the soul prosperity only comes with one method. He said, Spiritual progress only comes through the exercise of faith. And that's where he started out. And so when we exercise faith is where we discover something. We, well, all of a sudden our soul will begin to prosper because faith to faith is what we're looking at. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. We know this scripture. Romans chapter 1, verse 6, 17. Because what we have to understand, if we are going to progress spiritually in this new year, we are going to have to do it through faith, through the exercise of faith. There has never been a spiritual awakening, never been a sp any spiritual progress realized uh, uh, by God's people without a faith exercise. And we thought about that, and we looked at our own little 
brief life, every time there was faith exercised, there was an upgrade. There was an upgrade in every aspect of our lives. When we decided, yes, Lord, he says, go this way, and we went, there was an upgrade. Now, that upgrade was maybe not immediate. Maybe there was a struggle time. But the upgrade was promised. And we just walk in faith. And if you keep walking, you will realize the upgrade. It's called the spiritual progress that comes through the exercise of faith. And we go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. He said, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from what? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just are those who have been spiritually awakened those who have spiritual progress, those who are, are maturing in Christ, those who are coming to another level of understanding, but you can't come there without the exercise of faith. God is not going to just give it to you. Why? Because you would never believe him. You would never learn to trust him. If God would just do, oh, just give me everything I asked for, you would forget God tomorrow, and I would forget God the next day. We would all be a people who would not appreciate our God. Amen? Now, go to Hebrews, because we're going to talk about faith a little bit today, and we're not going to use, well, maybe a few scriptures you might not be familiar with. But what we want to understand is the principle is there is no progress without the exercise of faith. There's no spiritual awakening. There's no spiritual prosperity. There's no soul prosperity without the exercise of faith. And we're in Hebrews, the great faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. And we see in verse 1, of course, now faith is the evidence, I'm sorry, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. The elders went to the next level because of what? They exercised faith. And when we exercise faith, we will go to the level of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We will find the experience of Daniel not a big deal. We'll see what the three Hebrew boys went through because we'll go through that same experience with the assurity of the love of God with us. And that's, what called, that's when our soul begins to prosper. See, everyone in this chapter, in chapter 11 of Hebrews, exercised faith. They made a spiritual progress and experienced a physical manifestation of that process. That's what we talked about last week, how the physical manifestation, the prosperity piece, was tied up to the soul prosperity and the health that we had. Remember we read in Exodus, he said, I will put none of these diseases on you if you do what? If you follow my commands, if you have this spiritual connection, if you want to make this spiritual uh, uh, progression with me. He said, all of it is tied to that, and there is always in the train of that blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And we read in Hebrews chapter 11 that everybody in here had that experience. Everyone in, in Hebrews chapter 1, I mean Hebrews chapter 11, had that experience. See, the, when the Lord shared with us last week about being ready for the physical manifestation of the blessings. See, everybody was happy about that. Ooh, Lord, going to bless us. Oh, we're going to have a beautiful year. Oh, everybody was happy. You should be. Because it's the promise of God. See, uh, but, but once, he wants us to know something. He wants us to know now how we receive it. Because if it's tied to the spiritual prosperity, we've got to find out how to receive that uh, spiritual prosperity. And we receive that spiritual prosperity through the exercise of faith. 
And let me tell you something, it's not blind faith. It's not blind faith. Uh, what it is, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. God never asked us to have blind faith. What is blind faith? Oh, he's just out here. What's that? Without the promise. The faith we had before is blind faith. You got blind faith, but even in going to work is not blind faith, is it? You got, you got a check coming. And I'll tell you this, your faith will be tested soon. If you were a government worker, your faith is tested. I'm going to work and I hadn't seen any cheese. And all because, well, we're not going there. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, see, God is not asking us to be blind in this. He just asks us to trust him. See, you know this particular uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians 9 and 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26 says, I therefore so run. Not what? As uncertainly. I don't run uncertainly. He said, so fight I, not as if I beat the air. He said, this is not something that I can't put my hands on. This is not something I, don't, I can't really understand and feel. He said, so I don't want you to walk in this faith blindly. That's why I gave you this book and I gave you this spirit. So you won't be blind. You won't feel alone. See, there is a certainty about God. Do we believe that? A surety that we can trust him. He said, our reward is always on the other side of the faith. Amen? Amen. Our reward, our health, our, our, our material is always on the other side of faith. Amen? It has to be. And that's how he put it this way. Now let's go, if you would, to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, this was when they were going across the water. We got to have this ability to say, I trust you, Lord. And, 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 and we really all have had the, a testimony that we should trust him. All of us. When, we, when, when, when Micah was talking about when that pineapple was calling her name. Like, ah, when she walked into the store and, and they were cooking that, that, that roasted chicken and whatever else they cook in stores now. Uh, uh, she was like, ah. Oh, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Lord, you're going to get me out of this, Lord. And that's what we have to be able to. There's an exercise of faith. This time last year, even though we've all heard fasting, we've all heard foods, we all heard all these things before, it, 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 it didn't register. But now no one can take their testimony from them. Nobody can come to them and say, oh, that fasting stuff, that don't, that don't work. That don't work. I junk on that. No one can take it, but that blessing came where? On the other side of faith. Amen? Amen? And so we're, we're in Joshua chapter 3. Now this is, this is uh, uh, a series of scriptures. And we're going to start at verse 10 if you don't mind. Joshua chapter 3 in verse 10. Said, and Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Pezrasites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. He said, without fail, God is going to do this. In verse 11, behold, let's stop there. Was God's promise something to believe in? Okay, they needed to believe that. 
but they only showed their belief by the exercise of faith because he's about to give them an exercise. Amen? Has God ever given you an exercise and you decided you didn't want to work out? <laughs> nah, I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm not going to do that today. Well, they were about to be given an exercise because the promise was true, and he, he was nice. God was kind enough to describe what he was going to do. And verse 11 says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the water of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall sweat, stand upon as a heap. Now, when you read this, you know <laughs> the Lord was trying to encourage them because what they were about to go into, they needed encouraging because ugh, these Hittites and these Hevites and all the otherites, they were something to behold. But God kept saying, I'm the God of the whole earth, right? Then he said again, the God of the whole earth, meaning that that's mine too. No matter who happens to be occupying that right now, that's mine too. I'm going to give it to you. Do you believe me? You'll show me if you exercise this faith. He first, and he set up the exercise. He said, first of all, that Jordan is at high tide. It's at high spring. I mean, it's higher than it all. It's the highest point of the year, the, the level of the, of the river. That's what God always does. He says, uh, I'm going to get you through in the most difficult time. In the hardest time, I'm going to show you who I am. And so what happened was, he said, now look now, here's the exercise. Priest, put your feet in the water. Now, have you ever been, at, you've been down, and some of us have been on the Mississippi River. You ever been on the shore of the Mississippi River? It can get a little rough just on the shore. Oh, the Jordan was a little like that. And you're looking at it, and all you see is water. And all you see is the flood water coming from above. You see the, 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 this water coming from this way. You see the little whirlpools. You see all the stuff you see in a, in a mighty, mighty river. And, and, and he said, I'm, you're going to go across on dry land. Do you believe me? He said, but I'm not touching that water until you touch the water. Exercise. See, there was an exercise. He said, I'm not moving the water until you move in the water. We see that? And the Lord said at uh, uh, verse 14, let's go to verse 14 if we would. Thir we're, we're in chapter 3 still. In verse 13 it says, And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet will go into the water. Go to 14. And it came to pass when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people and as they that bear the ark were come unto the Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks, uh, all the time of harvest. I'm sorry, all the time of harvest. Verse 16 says that the waters which come down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city, the city Adam. That is besides Zeratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the sea salt, salt sea, failed. Everything was cut off and were cut off and the people passed over. Wow. Right against Jericho. And verse 17 said, and the priests 
that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over the Jordan. See, what was promised to Israel concerning the land could not come unless the exercise of faith. God gives us opportunities. Let's call them opportunities. He gives us opportunities to believe, opportunities to show our belief. And that's on the other side of the exercise of belief comes the blessings that you would ask for and comes the blessings that he promised you. They're not on this side of the Jordan. They're not on the east side of the Jordan. They're on the west side of the Jordan. Amen? Amen. And so we got to come to that. Let's go to Exodus 3. See, we got to see what was promised to Israel. He said, I look, in chapter 3 of Exodus, the, 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 see, the spiritual obedience, the belief, the spiritual prosperity that came from the exercise of faith, what comes with it is the promised material blessing that Israel was supposed to experience. And we go to uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 17. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 17 says, And I have said... I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. See, we don't even know we're under affliction in our daily routines, in our daily lives, in our faithless existence. It's an affliction type of existence. We don't know. It's like once you fast and you feel like, I didn't even know I felt bad. <laughs> I didn't know how good this was. I thought I was okay until I went to another level. We have to we live our faithless life that way. Faithless living is an existence of affliction. Can we see that? He said faithless living is an existence of affliction. We, 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 we always afflicted. As <laughs> we used to say on the playground, we afflicted. Uh, uh, we, <laughs> we are caught in a web and a trap because we won't exercise to get to the other side. Everybody wants to be in shape, but no one wants to put in the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Everybody wants to have a, a, a great, healthy-looking body, but nobody wants to lift. Nobody wants to stop eating. Nobody wants to do the push-aways. We know what push-ups are, right? But the push-aways is most important. 70% of your existence as it relates to exercise and fitness is them push-aways. 70%. You can go to gym till Jesus come. And you stopping by McDonald's on the way back. Anyway, but that's what God wants us to understand. He said, look, these blessings I promised you come on the other side of your spiritual prosperity. Now, he said, when we're here, we're here, he said, uh, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezrezites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, Unto a land that what? Flowing with milk and honey. Hey, that's the physical. That's the great blessing, right? That's the physical manifestation of this relationship. That's the physical reward for your spiritual prosperity. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Not they have stores of milk and honey. Not that, you know, that it, it, well, there's a ration today on the honey and the milk. He said it's flowing with the blessings of God. But you only get it through the exercise of this faith. 
to occupy the blessing, we must move in faith. Go to Genesis. I'm with you. I'm with you, Elijah. Praise him. Praise him, Elijah. Genesis chapter 12. To occupy the blessing. Because they couldn't occupy this blessing. They couldn't occupy the land across the Jordan unless the spiritual prosperity existed, unless they said, look, I'm going to exercise faith. We're going. And the priest had to have faith more than anybody. See, the people got to walk through the, on dry ground. The priest had to put the water in the wet. Had the ark. Had this on their mind. And they had to step in the water. And that water didn't move until those feet hit the water. See, that's why if you're going to be a, a, a priest, you've got to have faith. You can't wait on what your eyes will make you believe. You got to see in the dark. You got to say, well, Lord, I, I'm not trusting my eyes. I'm not trusting my ears. I'm not trusting my understanding. Lord, what would you have me to do? Walk in the water for it's about to part. They heard, they had experience. Two of them had an experience about walking water, right? They, they remember the Red Sea. They remembered that. But the other people behind them didn't see the Red Sea, did they? If they were, they were little children, they had a, oh, you know, I just. But guess what? If we would just exercise, we'd have everything. We'd have the flowing milk and honey. Anybody need some milk and honey? Just don't start tripping. We don't drink milk. I don't hear that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Metaphorically, the milk and honey. Amen? Spiritually. But we have to occupy the blessing. Before we can, we must move in faith. Now, Genesis 12 talks about moving in faith because this spiritual prosperity always precedes the physical manifestation, whether that be money, houses, land, husbands, wives. All of that comes in the train of it. It comes, you know, it's, it's the boxcars behind the engine. Does that make sense? Maybe that's a better way to put that. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, in this particular passage, we see something. We see a promise. We see an exercise, don't we? And we're going to see the result of the exercise of faith. He said, look, the Lord said, exercise one, Abram, do what? Get thee out of thy, what? Your father's house, get, get, get away from them folks, unto a land. See, that was, that was the first exercise. The second exercise was unto a land that I will show you. He didn't say, I want you to leave your father's house and go to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, he didn't give him an appointed destination that he was familiar with. He said, first exercise, will you believe me enough to leave? And in the leaving, you got some more learning to do. You got some more exercises to do because I'm not telling you where you're going. He said, but then the promise was this. Because remember, this man was waiting on one son. 
He was wanting one child. And what did God say? I'll make of thee a great nation. And then he, he blessed Abram in such a manner that he said, those people who are with you, I will bless. Those people who are against you, I will curse. What kind of relationship is that? It's a spiritual prosperity relationship that God wants to have with us today. Do you know we're going to need God to fight the enemies? Yeah. I mean, think about it. You start walking like this, you're not going to have any enemies. Haters, haters, haters everywhere. Haters going to hate. That's what haters do. But what we're going to do is walk in spiritual prosperity. What we're going to do is exercise faith, and we are going to be the recipients of things that come with the exercise of that faith. Amen. See, Abraham was comfortable where he was. Morgan, he was comfortable where he was. He was when I say comfortable, I'm not just talking about relaxed. He was comfortable. I know none of us are comfortable financially. He was. He was comfortable in the community. He wasn't a boy. He'd been there all his life. Everybody knew his family. Everybody knew him. Everybody respected. Everybody, he was loaded. He had cattle. It, it, it took a minute for him to leave because he had to get everything together. He was very comfortable where he was, but in order to make spiritual progress, which always carries that great physical blessing, he had to operate in faith. So do we. We're at a turning point in this church. We're going to have to operate in faith. We're going to, it's, not, it's not taking a chance necessarily. It's go ahead and operate in faith. Some people say, we're going to take a chance. We're not taking a chance. We're not gamblers. We're saying we're going to exercise by God's grace. Amen? Amen. See, in order to progress, we must conquer the greatest hindrance of spiritual progress. <laughs> Go to Matthew. This will probably make us either mad or happy. There will be no in-between. There will be no lukewarm response to this particular part of the sermon. So I want you all to know that. I pray we all rejoice because it's the key to get us to the other side. But the greatest hindrance for us walking in faith and receiving the prosperity and the help and everything else that comes with the exercise of faith is Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And we'll begin at verse 24. Matthew 16 and verse 24. He said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. See, death to self is the key. Self will lock you out of the process of the blessing. It'll lock you out of progress. It'll lock you out of understanding. It'll lock you out of the promise of God. Self will do that. That's what self's job is. The spirit of Lucifer will lock you out of the kingdom. You know, self and Lucifer, Satan, same thing. 
Self's greatest companion, <laughs> one of his, his main weapons is fear. Self, because we use our self to determine the path. What happens, self says, let me throw some fear in there to you. So you never move. You never, you never exercise. You know, we got people, we know that, that, that are overweight, but they're afraid to exercise. Because they're overweight. Can you see how that locks you in? I am overweight, therefore I'm, I'm scared to do things that make me not overweight. People do that with, with, with their diet. They say, well, well I, 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 I'm afraid I won't get enough protein. <laughs> if, I, if I don't eat, you know, four strips of bacon every morning, I, I, won't, I won't get enough uh, 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 protein in my diet. Because self, coupled with fear, locks you out of progress. Amen? Amen? You won't experience no progress when you're stuck on self and that fear comes in and makes you afraid. See, the fear of losing control is another aspect of this fear. Who's a control freak? Everybody. <laughs> Got to have control. And if we have control, we, God is not in control. Who would you rather have? A preschooler flying that plane or a pilot? But what do we do? We have to get, a pre, we have to get diapers to the pilot. Oh, you go on, because you know, I know you. You know how we say that? I know this is the way. I heard somebody say, uh, uh, a devil you know is better than a devil you don't know. Oh, so you're just going to stay with that devil then, huh? You just, that's just. But we got to understand, the fear of losing control is huge. Self will convince you that the carnal ideas that we have are what is best and all that there is. Our minds. Well, I can't give the Lord all control. How do we give the Lord control? exercising faith don't we i can't give him all control i gotta have something i gotta do something because you know god might fail me anybody say that not in so many words i pray you don't let that come out of your mouth but our actions say what that no god god can't handle this i have to take over this or i have to have a say in this and i say well god i want this uh particular item in my life, he says, that's a wonderful thing to want. I can show you how to get there if you just do what I ask you to do. Well, I forgot to add to my request. I want to do it the way I want it to happen. I want to be rich based on, on this way. I want a wife, uh, but I want, to, I want to do it this way. I want a husband because I want to do it this way. God says, would you stop wanting to do anything but exercise? faith. Your way, my way, got us out of the way. Amen? He's trying to put us back in the way. But that control mechanism, that fear, we gotta, that keeps us bound. See, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Self will lock you out. You got to understand that. If you want to have any hope, 
in going to another level with Christ, another level in your life and every aspect of your life, we got to lose self because self is locking us out. Self will imprison you. Now look at that. How can something lock you out but also imprison you? It keeps you away from the promise and keeps you bound to the sin. It keeps you bound to the, to the poverty. It keeps you bound to the unfulfilled life. It keeps you bound to an existence that is not what God had promised. Self. How easy the lesson, no, how clear the lesson, but how difficult to put it into our lives. You know why it's difficult, Isaiah? Because we got to figure out how to put it in our lives. And we don't know how is self going to get rid of self. What did Jesus say? Man, the devil can't cast out the devil. That's a house divided. Self can't cast out self. Well, God, I know I need to get rid of self, and this is how I'm going to do it. Doesn't that sound a little off? See, self is all about satisfying what I want. And unless self dies, we will remain spiritually hindered and forever locked out of the blessings of God. Is that hard enough? Is that straightforward enough? God says milk and honey. But we say we don't want to go to the jo over to Jordan. Can't we, go take, can't we do something else? Remember Naaman? I want to be healed, Lord, but I don't want to dip seven times. Self almost kept him a leper. But a servant of God was there. He said, look, man, wouldn't you, if it was something hard, wouldn't you do it? Come on, give God a chance. See, we need more servants of God around us, don't we? To encourage us. To give up self. Self is an enemy of the soul. I want to encourage you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We got to encourage you today. You go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it simply says, For we walk by faith. This exercise is a movement. We walk by faith, not by sight. Why can't we walk by sight? Because it's our eyeballs. It's our mind telling us what we see. Our mind lies to us. The carnal mind and our carnal heart gets us off track. It gives us fear. It's, a great, it's, it's the tool of deception. We come up with the understanding through a carnal mind. What kind of understanding do we have? A carnal understanding. We're talking about spiritual progress here. Close your eyes and walk by faith. See, not by our selfish understanding, our selfish sight. See, we gotta, we got to take these, these blinders off. And we got to take these glasses off. Take the selfish glasses off. Once you do, you will see like the eyes with the eyes of the Lord. You'll see through the eyes of faith. And you say, oh, man. But when you put these glasses on, you're blind as a bat because you're relying on the glass. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. A promise from God if we exercise. He says, but it is written, I have not seen can't see it. No ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man 
The what? The things which God hath prepared for them who love him, who exercise, who says, yes, Lord. He said, man, you and I don't have an idea of what's on the other side of that exercise. What a blessing. I look at what Nelson went through this week with the fast. He had no idea what was on the other side. He didn't know the 15, 17 pounds was on the other side. He didn't know that 30 points off his high blood pressure was on the other side. But until he exercised, guess what? He found the blessing on the other side. Can we find the blessing? Can we get to the other side? You know Jesus had an other side experience, didn't he? He said, ah, let's go on over to the other side. His faith was so strong, it didn't matter what happened in the carnal. It didn't, happen, it didn't matter what happened in the physical, lightning, thunder, water. Why? His faith was so strong, he said, I close my eyes and I'll rest in the Lord. And then they woke him up. They didn't ask him, was his word true that we're going to the other side? Self cried out, don't you care we perish? We say that too when we're in the midst of the exercise. When things aren't going like, see, God says, let's go to the other side. He didn't tell you how. Stop trying to figure out how. But he said, he, when, when things don't go like we think, we believe that God is going to bless us on the other side. We going to somehow take control of the travel. And we never get there. And they asked the self cried out, don't you care we perish? Wasn't that an awful question to ask? The deliverer of Israel, the savior of man, isn't it awful to ask that question? But don't we say that every time we try to take back the route that God has given us and try to alter it? Don't you care we perish, Lord? Man, if you would just be quiet and walk, you'll get to the other side. Psalm 34. Come on, we'll get out of here. Get the other side of this sermon. <laughs> Psalm 34. He asked us something this morning. He said, look, I promised you, didn't I? I need you to do something for me. Psalms 34, verse 8. I need you to do this for me. This is what God is asking us. He said, do you believe? He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that does what? Trust in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that what? So you don't have to ask the question, Lord, don't you care we perish? He said there is no want to them that fear him. What is want? There is no lack. Look about this, this lack. We worried about the lack. And when he said, I got flowing milk and honey. Well, we don't have it now. You'll never have it on this side of faith. Revelations 2, 7. Let's go to the final reward for those who give up self. Revelations chapter 2. Those who give up self and those who exercise faith and those who determine that way they understand that their prosperity is hooked to their spiritual progress. That their health is hooked to their spiritual progress. And this is the way to have the spiritual progress, is to exercise the faith. And in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, He that have an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Will you hear this this morning? Amen. To him that overcometh will I give to what? Eat of the tree of life which in the midst of the paradise of God. He said, I'll give you that. That's the final thing. If you overcome self, if you overcome this fear, if you overcome your eyes and your mind and your experience and walk in the exercise of faith, I will give you all these things. You ask anything in my name, and we learn Wednesday night, you ask anything in my character, I'll give it to you. Anybody asking anything of God that fits his character today? Will he give it to you? But let, when he says, here is the exercise, what should we do? Exercise. Work out. Do this thing. And guess what? What we ask for, we had a vision about, right? All of us have our visions about the, the receiving of what we ask for. He said, oh, that's not enough. He said, you got this little puny, little, little dime store idea of what this is. He said, oh, just exercise the faith and watch what I'll do to what you think you want. I mean, it'll be like, Lord, no, I prayed this prayer. I'm still praying this prayer. At my age, I'm still praying this prayer. But you know what? I, I, I said, Lord, when I first needed a car, you know, everybody thinks they need a car when they're in college. Thank God I didn't have a car in college. Who, Lord, that, that, who, Lord. But when it's, I came home, I said, Lord, I, you know, I'm in Memphis. In Memphis, you got to have a ride because you can't ride a bus nowhere in Memphis. <laughs> and so I, I said, Lord, just, just, a, just a car with four wheels and an engine. <laughs> I don't care to paint. I didn't care. I didn't care. He said, oh, come on, man. I'm bigger than that. And I got that. I got what I asked for, a car with four wheels and an engine, a hatchback. My wife remembers that car. It was an old Honda Accord, 1978, five-speed. You couldn't tell me nothing. God said, but I got something else for you if you keep believing. And I'm believing some 34 years later. I'm still believing. See, he didn't say you would get it instantaneously. He said, but my promise is sure. But you got to walk the walk I ask you to walk. Because I've gone through many desires of cars. Cars is my thing because, you know, all our cars are just old. <laughs> but I've gone through, and I've gone, it's been so long, uh, Brother Lonnie, that some cars I used to want, I don't want anymore. Amen. They're too old. Amen. I remember I wanted, I wanted a 1988 Mercedes 450, black. My uncle had one. That was, that's it. Stopped wanting that about 10 years ago. <laughs> but what we want to present to you is simple. There's blessings on the other side of faith. The exercise of the belief in God to move upon his word. You will receive all that he promised. And you will receive what you don't even know to ask for. He said, I have not seen what I want to do for you. Your heart can't even imagine what I want to do for you. You say, I want a successful marriage. 
He said, okay, but my definition of success and yours is, yours is too low. <laughs> he said, I'm going to give you something up here. He said, I want, a, I want a job able to provide for my family. He said, oh, that's too low. Let me give you a company. This is what God does for those who will exercise, those who will believe. Will you believe today? Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, our God again, oh Lord, thank you. The promise is true. Now you've told us how to receive it. We believe, Lord. Help our unbelief. Father, we need to be a people that will receive from on high the spiritual prosperity so we may show the world who the most prosperous God is. And we're not thinking about things, Lord, even though those things do come. We're looking about a, uh, talking about a connection with a God that can do all and will do all for those who love him and keep his word. Help us to be that people today. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen.